Hello? Hello? Trick or treat! What? It's the Horror Virgin! On Halloween! Tom, I thought we turned the light off. Why is Jen here? I don't know. People don't understand the codes. <laughs> we don't have any candy for you for Halloween. Well, we do have. It we is have- a very special <laughs> Halloween episode for your earballs. Some would say it's ear candy. Ooh, Ooh. I like it. So guys, enjoy this very special episode of Candyman. Yes. <laughs> well, it's a very special episode of the Horror Virgin. Oh, yeah. Watching Candyman. Very good point. Yes. Very, very good point. <laughs> we stand corrected. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, enjoy the episode. We'll see you on Monday for another regularly scheduled episode on the show. We do. Love you. <gasps> Bye. Spoiler. Bye. This episode brought to you by Audible's. AudibleTrial.com slash horror version for 30 days free in a book to get you started for your book recommendation. Jen Ratu. Hey, guys. So today I am recommending In the Flesh or Books of Blood by Clive Barker. He wrote The Forbidden, which is a novella in In the Flesh, and that's what Candyman is based on. So, guys, check out anything by Clive Barker on Audible if it's there. (laughs) This episode also brought to you by Nick Nick B. B. Hey, Nick B. Hold on. I got it. I got it. I didn't screenshot it, but I remember. I even told you. I tagged you in it on Facebook and said, Mikey, screenshot this so you don't forget it. I asked Nick how he met his wife. Yes. So it was a really romantic story about how he got blackout drunk at a bar. Woke up with a woman's number and called it, and then he married that woman. And it was his what? wife? Yeah, it was his wife. So the moral of this story is... Play the numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call the numbers. Oh, call the numbers. Hey. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by John. John. All right, hey, let John. me tell you the truth about John. All right. Have you guys heard about this Hong Kong protest? Oh, wow. <sighs> We're going there. Yeah. We are not going there, but John went there. Do you know what? why? Why do you go there? John owns a company that sells tear gas. What? Wow. John only invests in evil things. <laughs> but it's made him rich. But at what cost? At what cost, John? Yeah. So his Australian tear gas that sprays off the bottom of the can. Because <laughs> it's from Australia, like- Jen. <laughs> Wherever people are fighting for freedom... John's tear gas will be there to try to stop them. So does John, was he just doing this by himself? He like went there by himself and no, like, no, oh, of course not. It's oh, too big okay. for just one man. Right. It's a big job. John's got a lot of money. He didn't spread it around. He's oh. got a, you know, he's got a, a right hand man. I know. He, uh, yeah. And that's this episode brought to you by Michael. 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 Not you though. No, not Because me. you're Mikey. I'm, and Mikey I'm good. would never. Right. And Michael is a dick. Oh. <laughs> So Michael goes uh, as part of John's evil corporation, Inc. Yeah. Uh, he goes and teaches people how to fire that tear gas. Oh, so he's so, like the person mm-hmm. who like goes and shows the cops how to use the tear gas effectively. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like the tear trainer. Yeah. Right. He's like, let's stay on the top of this building. You just fire it straight down at these people. Because <laughs> it fires from the bottom. Right. So you can stand up. Exactly. And it's yeah. all coming together. Yeah. yeah. Well, who's gonna <laughs> yeah, I pre- meant to say that. <laughs> well, who's going to protect these people from mm. this evil tear gas? We oh. need a hero. <laughs> this episode also brought uh. to you by... Some say Matthew Savers. Is it Matthew? It is Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Mary Poppins down with his um, flying umbrella. Yeah, so Matthew parasoled uh-huh. down, <laughs> down from above where the police were. Yeah, like, and he's the one who taught them that with your parasail, oh. you can block that tear gas. Oh, so he taught the protesters how to block the tear yes. gas. Yes. Oh, yeah. Did oh they all God. just open Mary Poppins' yes. umbrellas? So, he, so Cody Roy was there. Yeah, this episode also brought to you by Cody Roy. Cody Roy? Yeah, but uh, Matthew doesn't let him take the parasail. He has the, like, he took a flight. Yeah, he flew commercial. I get it. Listen, you can only do so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
They got a budget. Uh, they got to buy I mean, umbrellas for thousands of protesters. And listen, That's what he did. Evil pays better than good. Yes. So good's on a budget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Cody Roy had a GoFundMe for umbrellas for protesters. <laughs> yeah. And he distributed all the umbrellas, and then uh, Matthew taught him how to use them. So he nice. did all the groundwork. Yeah. And then Matthew just took all the credit. Yep. Mm. And it flew away again. <laughs> <laughs> and just like every boss I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So it seems like Matthew and Cody Roy have foiled once again John and Michael's evil plan. Thank you, Matthew and Cody Roy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they at least cancel each other out. Yeah. Chaotic good, chaotic yeah, yeah, evil. Yeah. Yeah. Cancels each other out. <laughs> the whole city's in ruins, but you know. <laughs> Godzilla saved the day, so. <laughs> this episode also brought to you by Rebecca. Rebecca. Now, hey, Rebecca. Tear gas causes Disney tears. It does. It does. But Rebecca's Etsy store. Causes Disney tears. Cheers. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I can arrive too. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Got, and guys, check <laughs> and check out Rebecca's Etsy store at Trade on Tell Disney. That's on right. Etsy. We tagged it in our feed, so you can go back a little bit and find it in our feed. Yeah, too. absolutely. Because she designed some sick, awesome Jen's fun facts stuff too. Oh. Yeah. So Mikey, do you have um, I don't know, a uh, Who wants eye contact? Appropriate pickup line. I always taught. Always, 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 always taught. All right, I got one. Uh it's a country themed pickup line. Well, how do Rebecca, are you Australian? Because you oh. meet all of my koalifications. Oh, okay. Wait. I thought it was going to end up somewhere down under, and that was, I was very <laughs> concerned. You the koalifications was good. I, like I mean, because cute. there's ample evidence to make us think that. <laughs> yeah. You guys always think my pickup lines are going to be so bad. Mikey, did yeah. you hear our As Above So Below I episode? was just going to say that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is before it came out. Or this is after? <laughs> this is after. Did you say it was going to be country-themed, though? Australia is a country. Oh, like, I thought you meant, like, country. That's why I sang. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was going to be, like, yeah. Well, you guys, man. some words have more than one meaning. Yeah, they're uh, called multiple meaning words. This episode also brought to you by uh-huh. Carl. 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 Is Carl still murdering kids in the woods? What's Not he up that to I'm aware days? of. And, and mm-hmm. I'll just say this. Allegedly. 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 Yes, yes, we don't know course. for sure. Mm-hmm. And legally speaking, we cannot be held to account if he is or is not. That's right. Right. But we do know he does teach local youths. Guitar. And and honestly, <laughs> that's something he said to me in passing. I just like saying the words youths. He said local youths? No, I didn't. Oh. <laughs> he didn't say any of that. When did you guys pass? We talk often, actually. He's on the way I, to killing kids in the woods in the North Pacific. I don't. I've never met Carl in person, but he used to watch me on Twitch all the time. So we've been friends for like three and a half, four years. Oh. But we never met. Like we, we bonded over friends? video games. Yeah. We bonded over video games. Okay. So anyway, we talk, I don't know, a few times a week. He's a really good dude. Anyway. Yeah. Even though he murders kids? Allegedly. He also allegedly writes up on uh, his work yes. office uh, board his like Halloween puns, mm-hmm. right? And I took a picture. Do you have one? one? Yep. Let me, let's just give you guys an example of these banger puns. Yes. Right. That you can get if you go oh, yeah. into our Facebook group. Into the Facebook group. So guys, you join the Facebook group. While it. Jen's looking it up, join the Facebook group. It's just facebook.com slash group slash horror version. We link it all the time. Just go into our social feed. You'll see it there. Jen. Why did the vampire join the police force? Why? So he could learn how to get a steak out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. They're punny. They're dad jokes. They and he are. is a dad. Nice. So it fits, you know? Yeah. Maybe we shouldn't have said he murders children so much. Well, maybe he's just not murdering children. Well. Allegedly. Oh, pardon, allegedly, yes, guys. Yes. Allegedly. So um, maybe we should allegedly bring in the theme should music. We? I don't know. We got to get a lawyer first. Maybe. I get one phone call and I'm calling the theme music. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's not home, Mikey. I love it's it. with some other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everybody. I'm Jen. 
<laughs> I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd, which means I don't like scary movies, but you guys make me watch them, and then we discuss. This week, you guys made me watch the 1992 Clive Barker spooky spiritual <laughs> slasher masterpiece. Wow, Candyman! Hmm. Spooky wow. spiritual slasher masterpiece. It is all that was the things. first take, everyone. We did not. Yeah, I know that. one take, Todd, lady. What oh, well, that was we... my thing. I just said lady because I have one. Oh. That, wasn't flex. that wasn't a flex. That wasn't a flex. I'll talk about the one take. <laughs> so, have you guys seen this movie before? Yes. No. So it was your first time, Mikey? Yes. Nice. Jen, when did you see it? So I saw this movie uh, at a slumber party in fifth grade, and it scared the shit out of me. But then I kind of liked the ending, so I was like, oh, maybe I'm not so afraid anymore. But yeah, this was one of the first, the earlier horror movies that I'd ever seen. All right. Yeah. It pretty much, in my eyes, is just about a sexual predator ruining two women's lives and then dying. You talking about the husband? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It is. 100%. (laughs) He is the worst. He is the worst. Um, I don't think it aged well, but I oh yeah enjoyed watching it with y'all. Okay, all right, Thanks. Jen. How do you feel about it? you've seen it before? I have. How do you feel about watching it today? Did it hold up well? I love this movie. This is one of my favorites. Um, is it like through the lens of nostalgia? It's your partly, favorite? Yeah. like everyone loves a New Hope, the Star Wars movie, because it's the first one they saw. But it's really not the best Star Wars. No, movie. Empire I mean, Strikes Back is the best. Star well, Wars and Rogue, Rogue One. one. Yeah, Rogue yeah. One's by far the best. No. I like this movie I'd say it's probably it's not in my top five but it's up there and partly because of nostalgia but partly yeah. because I really like it a lot yeah I didn't think it was bad um I think scary wise it did not really age well it does have that 90s like early 90s it's kind good. of gore look to 92. it yeah some things I think they did really well some things just haven't really aged that well but I think when I look at what it's saying I like it a lot more now I like the story I just think it, I just don't think it was paced well and it wasn't scary it is sort of all over the place pace wise but that doesn't really bother me too yeah. much if it's not super slow the whole time. I mean, and it's like not... when they zoom into the water and have yeah. a discussion in her mind. Yeah. So yeah. like, th- there are parts I'm like, well, we don't really need this. But a lot of movies in the 90s had shit we didn't really need. Right. right. So it is very quintessentially 90s. And I also want to say before we start talking about this, we are looking at this through the lens of three white people. There are a <laughs> yeah. lot of racial elements in here. I hope we do this justice and we can try to kind of see outside of ourselves. But if you think something else about it, please let us know. Like, I've done a lot of research and I've tried to read what people of color have written about this, but we want to hear what you think, too. Absolutely. Yeah. And we don't want to represent our views as the views of a community that we're not a part of. So, That's fair. Yeah. Well, all that being said, let's get into this fucking movie, Can we guys. get into this movie? All right, so we start with our credit shot. And I swear to God, I'm going to start recording you guys. <laughs> on the Dude, the credits are horrible in every movie. <laughs> but this movie was okay, but also really terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's moving yeah. the plot along, though. Like, Yeah, Mikey did a reenactment. That is straight out of the movie. That is the music from this movie. (laughs) For all you classical music nerds out there, it was written by Philip Glass, and he's a 20th century composer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, very like kind of repetitive mathematical feel almost. You know, he and Ira Glass are related. (laughs) Are they really? I have no idea. (laughs) This movie's soundtrack was just the final boss fight in Final Fantasy VII. Yep. Uh The credits follow (laughs) tiny cars. They're not tiny cars. They're actual size cars. We don't know that. We're just from like a helicopter view following across the top. Of a, yeah. Fun fact. Uh, across, oh my God. That was the first time they'd used a sky cam like that. And it was really advanced technology at the time because it didn't hover and shake like that. So that's actually Chicago. And they are real cars. You think they would have used more Chicago landmarks in a shot like that? It's really bad. Like, it is really just an overhead shot of cars on an interstate for two minutes with like creepy it. music. And then the like title cards or like the words would just slide in from various different places. 
It's the worst. If you really want to know what it's like to watch a movie with us, it's just me and Todd making fun of credits and then Jen with her head in her hands for like the first seven minutes of a film. And then Mikey criticizing anything in a house. All right, whatever. Nothing happens. It's boring <laughs> as shit. Let's get to the actual plot. I like it. Okay, so we see our overhead shot of Chicago and then we see a bunch of like a swarm of bees flying up over the city of Chicago and we hear Candyman's voiceover. <laughs> that part did not age well, just a heads up. <laughs> it did not age well. And but so- I bet back in 92, it looked cool. It did. It scared yeah. me. A little fifth grade Jen was terrified. Okay, so we hear Candyman's voiceover saying, they will say I have shed innocent blood, but what's blood for if not for shedding? That doesn't sound like Tony Todd at all. No, but honestly, I can't if, you, if you have mesothelioma, you hate this movie because it's a lot of lip smacking sounds. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, yeah. Hmm. It's because the way they made his voice sound like that is they crank the gain. He's talking very quietly. So you hear all of the mouth sounds. Is while it he's mesothelioma? The that's a skin disease, that's the right? Lung disease you get from a. You're talking about misophonia. Misophonia. Yeah. You said mesothelioma. You did say like, mesothelioma. <laughs> the heartbreak of mesothelioma. Lung tumors from asbestos. Listen, I watch a lot of Fox News late at night, <laughs> oh, geez. and I hear lawyers telling me I should call them. So what I catheter what is for. the best, Todd? <laughs> I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like if, if you don't like mouth sounds, I love mouth sounds. Yeah, that ooh. like that. You know what I'm talking about? I'm Jen, sorry, I should. That I'm sounds sorry. that never happened. Yeah. That was not me. We just picked up 200 listeners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we see Virginia Madsen, and she's smoking a cigarette, and then somebody is telling her an urban legend story. She's smoking a cigarette through the entire movie. I know a little foreshadowing for the end of the movie, but when she's smoking that cigarette and that cherry gets really red, that's how she looks at the very end of the movie. And there's one in her pupil at one point. Oh too. yeah. <gasps> We've cracked it, guys. This movie is all about the dangers of smoking. (laughs) (laughs) So she's smoking, and somebody is telling her an urban legend about Claire, who was babysitting, and she had a boyfriend, but bad boy Billy comes over. and She had a boyfriend named Michael. Yes. And she's like... I'm oh, not yeah. going to have sex with Michael because he's too nice. <laughs> I'm going to invite the motorcycle driving Nick or whatever his name is. is it Billy. Nick? Billy. Mikey was very upset for the he first was. three minutes I'm of the movie. I'm not going to say what happened, but it did kind of trigger some past experiences. <laughs> where like Michael, the nice boyfriend, doesn't, you know, gets cheated on. But it's fine. Mikey, it happens to all of us, baby. Okay, so they go upstairs and she's taking her shirt off and they're in the bathroom. And she starts to tell him the story of Candyman. And she says, if you look in the mirror and say his name five times and then turn the light out here he'll appear behind you with a hook for a hand and he'll gut you so of course let's try this it'll yeah be why would you ever do that that's so dumb Candyman is not a real myth uh clive barker made it up so they look in the mirror and they're both he's like trying to cop a feel on her while they're saying they're hot saying Candyman. it's so um, weird she's like getting sexually aroused by Candyman. also this is in a bathroom yeah. No. Also, not their house. Right. She's babysitting. Like, if you're going to hook up in somebody's house, go to the bedroom. Maybe she's into dangerous hookups. She is. That's why she's not sleeping with Mikey. No offense, Mikey. <laughs> she's sleeping with Billy. Right. Well, and so they say it four times in the mirror, and then she says, oh, no one ever got past five. And then she sends him downstairs. So they're not going to hook up in the bathroom. No. And he, he just, it, it cuts to him on the couch drinking one of, I guess, the parents or the owners of that house's beers. <laughs> so weird. And so she's upstairs and she looks in the mirror and she seductively says Candyman one more time and then turns the light off and then he's behind her and he kills her. And I don't think we actually see him kill her. We don't point. see we him actually don't. kill her, but we, we just, just see blood the coming through the floor. Anyway, so the world's worst babysitter dies, but Billy doesn't die, right? I don't think so, but he but like... the baby also dies whose only crime was having a shitty babysitter. Exactly. Wait, the baby died? Yeah, they yeah, said, said they in, killed in the, the baby too. Yeah. 
Now, to you be fair, we don't see that. See that. Yeah. And that's well, one I, of the... I yeah. missed that whole thing. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like, as urban legends spread, they conflate, you know? So if this did actually happen, maybe the kid didn't die, but the next person who told it might say, and they killed the baby, and then the next person would say, and they killed the baby and the dog. And like, they killed the baby dog and then Billy. Right, exactly. And they killed the baby dog and Billy, and then the motorcycle died. Exactly. Anyways... Yeah. <laughs> But, but that's how urban legends spread. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think that this kill didn't actually happen. It may not have. I think because it's the only one that happens outside of the Greenville, Greenway. Cabrini Green. Green. Cabrini, Cabrini Green, Green, right? Yes. Well, so then we pan back out and we see Virginia Madsen, who is Helen in this movie, still finishing her cigarette. And she says, thanks for telling me the story. And then she walks down the hall of a university and talks to her friend Bernadette. Yeah, Bernadette. And she's interviewing a guy who's talking about, I can't remember the urban legend he's talking about. So they're interviewing people and having them tell urban legends. But it is a different one. Academic research. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it's sociology. So now she walks into the husband's lecture and he's giving the lecture from Urban Legend where he's talking about the alligators (laughs) in the sewers. Who does the lecture in Urban Legend? Is it? It's uh, Freddy Krueger. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's his Um, real name? Robert England. Yeah, Robert England. England. Yeah. England. So she walks up to him after the lecture and there's a group of students around him, but one whose name is Stacy is kind of hanging around him and giving him some looks. I kind of got the impression that that group of students were like his TAs or something. They might be. Yeah. Um, because the rest of his class just leaves and mm-hmm. they sort of hang back to talk to the teacher or whatever. Maybe they're just like yeah. overzealous students. Uh, they're overzealous students. Yeah, they might not be TAs. Honestly, you usually only have one TA, right? right. So um I yeah. don't know, it depends. One time I got drunk and told my TA at a bar that I loved her. Oh my god. <laughs> Hmm. Mikey. Inappropriate. So how did that how did it work? Did you guys uh, date for a while? Or uh, did you give her a D? No, I did not. Did you have to give her an A because you tried to give her a D? No, I did not. Did you get an A in the class? No, I didn't. Did you get kicked out of the university? No, I did not. Hmm. It was just a really embarrassing 20 minutes. Aww. And the rest of my semester. <laughs> so Stacy's lingering and oh, Helen's shit. asking Trevor, like, why is this girl giving me the eyes? And why yeah. is she and Trevor's like, well, I guess because she's madly in love with me. Yeah, which she is because yeah. you're having sex with her, you exactly. monster. I hate this guy so much. Trevor is an asshole. Trevor is an asshole. From Jump Street, from the first scene, she's like, oh, you're cheating on me, aren't you? Like, yeah. that, that is not dialogue. But He's that like, is definitely uh, subtext. Yeah. Definitely not. Like, no, not I'm just a college professor. I've definitely had these conversations with people. Even though she was a student. Yeah. She's a graduate student. She's a graduate student now, but they're married, yeah. so they definitely hooked up when she took his class the first time. Maybe. This is this man is a sexual predator yeah. who, who just, like, uses his class as, like, a never-ending well of booty. Yeah. He's a whole Horrible person. I fucking hate him. Because his wife is young. You can rent a car now. On to the next one. I'm out. (laughs) You're in your 20s? I'm out. This dude's the worst. Yeah, he sucks. It may not be illegal, but it's gross. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely against university policy. Listen, just because your TA said she couldn't date you because it's against (laughs) university policy doesn't mean it actually is. No, I taught university policy. I taught taught classes in, I taught the how to choose a major class to undeclared majors. What? In grad school. Anyway. During the orientation, they were like, don't have sex with the students. And if you do, don't trade them from grades. It was all very explicitly wrote down. I like how there is a if you do segment. (laughs) It's not just don't do it or you're fired. It's don't do it. But if you do, don't trade it for grades. So anyway, 
<laughs> Much like Mikey, this chick is in grad school. Where, yes. where did we leave off? I'm so sorry. Okay, Jen. we're in the lecture. And <laughs> Stacy McCheats on Husbands is, yes. wait, she's not cheating. She is the cheatress. But she knows she is. She does, yeah. Because I, she just ugh. met his wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's asking her about what's up with this Stacy girl. Also, um, you told me you weren't going to do this lecture until the next semester, and you just ruined all my research because I was talking to all these kids about these urban legends that they still believe, and you just told them all they're not true, and this is how they're passed on, and you oh, just yeah. like busted up all my research. He's not very thoughtful. Exactly. Well, and I think he doesn't want her to eclipse him in the university. Oh. Because they're in the same field, and she's kind of doing competitive research. Which comes back later in the dinner scene. It does, yeah. With, and it's uh, a little more explicit with the Benjamin Franklin professor. Yeah, I was about to say, right. it does come back <laughs> in the dinner scene with younger Benjamin Franklin. So now she's typing up her research. She's more or less transcribing the tape to like her notes on her Doogie Hauser computer. Uh-huh. So, the exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so we've got the Doogie Hauser music playing and then it's the interview that she just had earlier. So we right. sort of know what's happening, but it's playing. And then this cleaning lady comes in and says, oh, I didn't know you were here. Do mm-hmm. you mind if I go ahead and clean? And then the main character, Helen, responds with, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And yeah. then the tape picks back up. Mm-hmm. Like it just paused perfectly for her to come in. Right. I like this scene a lot because it's like, this is convenient plot stuff. Oh, it's very quick. Like, you talk mm-hmm. about the Candyman? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know about the Candyman a little bit. My but, friend knows a lot about what? it. And she's like, oh. do you think your friend would be willing to let me talk to yeah, him? And she's, she's like, like yeah. yeah. Hold on a second. Hey, other person. Yeah. Come down. And like, she the was other like, cleaning lady yeah, down the hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's like very, very quick. It's very, very convenient. And she doesn't acknowledge that it's convenient. Right. She's not like, oh shit, that was really great. Like, that's awesome. You know, I mean, that's the first thing I would say. Be like, oh, she's like right here. That's I know. Awesome. awesome. Right. Well, and I also think it's interesting that she didn't consider interviewing these people. She was only interviewing the students. Well, I mean, good point. It also maybe because that's just like the circle that she's in. True. But I mean, and she hadn't right. gotten to that level of research. And we yet. didn't say it, but they are. But yes, they are women of color yeah. who are doing these clean, who yes. are these cleaning women. This, I think this movie does some weird things with race. And yeah. I, I'm willing to talk about it, but like, yeah. it's odd. I'm going to be uncomfortable talking about it the whole time. <laughs> I got it. It's I am fun. too, but like, it's weird. Well, yeah. and so, because I think this was a pretty divisive movie, um, among the African-American community. And I know there are some people that really love it and say there was a lot of representation, which is something we didn't see at the time. And then some people that were saying there are some negative stereotypes in it. And then some were saying, but it also humanizes more characters. So it's it's yeah. complicated. It's not a perfect movie. It doesn't say anything perfect about race, but I think it's an interesting one to talk about through that lens. And I've got a book to recommend about that at the end of the the episode. But much like the rest of human history, every white man in this movie is horrible. (laughs) So it is sort of historically accurate. So our other cleaning lady comes in and she's talking about, um, because they're saying, oh, Candyman lives over at the Cabrini Green Projects. And this cleaning lady lives over there. So she comes in and they're talking And she says some girl named Ruthie Jean heard banging on her walls. And she said someone was coming through the walls and she called 911 and they didn't believe her. And she called again and they still wouldn't believe her. And when they finally got there, she was dead and she had been killed by a hook. And they said that Candyman killed her. They're all very afraid of Candyman. I did love that she had just explained everything about that and said... (laughs) But I don't know anything about that. <laughs> I think that's like a. This is off the record, right? Everything, yeah. right? But I think it shows that they don't want to be on record as saying it. Sure, as talking like this is a secret thing, and they don't want him to know they're talking. And we about see it. that from the the boy from that Jake. she runs into at the Cabrini Green. Green. That's it, because he doesn't want anyone to know about that. Right. That he's talking either. Yeah. But I think that that's because there is someone who calls himself Candyman, who runs that gang, who's outside of Cabrini right. Green. I think when they're talking about the Candyman, they just assume it's that guy. 
guy. This is when it really is the supernatural like slasher guy. Yeah. yeah, I think there's a little bit of both because obviously that guy took his name yeah, yeah. from the supernatural because slasher it's a scary guy. thing, right? right. But mm-hmm. I think that that boy's not afraid of a supernatural s- slasher. I think he's afraid of that very real drug dealer who runs that. Maybe not drug dealer, right. but like that very real leader of that gang. So now she and Bernadette are talking about it, and they're at her apartment, and she has done some research on this Ruthie Jean case. Yeah, she and we saw there's like a quick montage of that. exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then we talked about how long it would take if we didn't have the internet to do all of this research. Let's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just say we would not be able to have fun facts if no. we didn't have the internet. So <laughs> she's got a picture of Cabrini Green, and then another apartment building, and she's like, "Oh, I bet you thought that was the same building, didn't you?" But no, this one is the projects, and this one is my house. And she's talking about um, a real thing with housing projects. When they built that building, they originally built it as a housing project development, but they realized there was no natural border like a freeway to keep the people from the housing development from walking into the rich areas of Chicago. So they decided yeah. not to use it as a housing project. And so they just spruced it up a little bit and sold it as condos. And yeah, put the drywall over the cinder block. Yeah, yeah. put mm-hmm. effort into making it look good, basically. Yeah. And that is a real thing that happens. Yeah, it's There's, called redlining. It still it? happens. Yeah. yeah, but she's saying that the floor plans are the same. So they go into the bathroom and they pull medicine cabinets out. And she's saying, look, there's no wall here. It's just two medicine cabinets back to back. And if I pull mine out and then I pull that one out, I can get into that house. And so that's how they were coming into the walls to kill Ruthie Jean. It wasn't really Candyman. It was a murderer just coming in. Yeah. And they called it Candyman. And so they do that. And I've always looked at medicine cabinets and houses and I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could pull that thing out. Don't pull I it know. out. Well, I never would. <laughs> yeah. I'm not crazy. That's property damage. Yeah, but I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was creepy, yeah. too. It is creepy. And yeah. like the, it's used to great effect later on in the movie. Yes, I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. They did push out the other mirror. because Yeah, they did. Yeah. And they, they, did. they see into the yeah. other apartment yeah. across the way, and then Bernadette tries to scare her, but nothing happens. Yeah, right. right. Then right. they put the mirror back, and Helen squeezes her finger, oh. and then they do the Candyman stare, where mm-hmm. they look into the, the mirror and say, Candyman, 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 yes. Candyman. But Bernadette Candyman. only says it four times because she's scared. Right. But yeah. Helen says it again mm-hmm. and doesn't turn the lights off, so they're fine. Yeah. And we were asking why. Now, here's the problem that could be a plot hole in the movie because. At some point, they would turn that light out. I mean, this is over the course of months. But I think she summoned him, and he just is going to choose to come whenever he wants to. Just like a man. Yep. Oh, my God. But I remember thinking, (laughs) yeah, we both were like, yep. (laughs) Um, I remember thinking when I was little, okay, if I just never turn my lights off. So later, she's asleep, and she hears a weird noise. Oh, I hated this. I did too, man. Another reason to hate her husband. Uh huh. Because it's not Candyman; it's her dick husband jumping on her and scaring the shit out of At her. At like midnight, who's yeah. coming home late from work, quote mm-hmm. unquote. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's Patrick Wilsoning this. Uh, Wilsoning this. Uh, <laughs> Except he is actually having an affair. Yes, he definitely is having an affair. He was. There's no way he was at work. Right. Right. Yeah. So now they're going to Cabrini Green. I, I the one part I don't like about this is just like it seems very. Like urban touristy. Yes, it does. The criticism of this movie is that they're exploiting these people in this housing project. Yeah. I mean, I can see it that way. They're also just there to get information. Exactly. And you can also look at the character of Anne Marie, where she's saying, We're not all like that, looking at it as humanizing people I was that live in. I'm surprised by that. Because honestly, yeah. in the early 90s, like the stereotypes of that community were like not Anne Marie. Uh-huh. They were the kids downstairs. Mm hmm. So they're walking around Cabrini Green and they get out. And this is one of the scenes that I didn't notice when I was little, but I definitely noticed it this time because they get out of the car and immediately a group of guys are catcalling them and whistling and say they look like cops. And I was like, oh, yeah. They didn't seem like like they were like sexually catcalling them. It was more like, are you guys cops? Are you guys cops? 
You got to tell us if you're cops, it's entrapment if you're not. And honestly, guys, that's not real. Is it Doing not? Something, no. If you're talking to an undercover cop and you say, you have to tell me you're a cop, they can just say, I'm not a cop. Right, yeah. because it's only entrapment if you tell them to do something because you're not a cop, right? right? Anyway, so they start going up the back steps and those guys downstairs aren't going to hurt them. They're, They're not, not going to try and sell them mm. drugs or anything. Well, you say that, but they don't hurt right. them or anything. No, they don't. All they do is say, hey, cops are coming up the steps, the back entrance. And right. you hear people start to close doors and stuff like that because they're like the lookouts for whatever probably they illicit are. activity is going on here. Yeah. And Although so, we don't really ever see that. No, we don't. They could just be, you know, a run DMC lookalike group who was outside practicing on that big boombox. Well, they're not because later on they beat her in the bathroom. That's fair. Well, and so they're saying she says, look, they think we're cops now. They're not going to follow us. I've got a lot of fun facts about Cabrini. You want me to just talk about Cabrini Green now? Yeah, since do we're it, here? Do okay. it. So Cabrini Green is a real housing project in Chicago. It was built around the 40s, I think. And at its peak, it had about 1,500 residents. The show Good Times yeah. used the facade of Cabrini Green and was, I'm not sure if they ever actually said the name Cabrini Green, but that's supposedly where it was set. There was a lot of crime, violence, and neglect because the city basically just didn't do shit in this apartment complex. Um, and so, of course, when you're a group of people that's abandoned by your city and the, you can't look for protection from the systems in your city, you form your own systems. Yeah. So there would be like rival gangs that would control each of the buildings. And so there was a lot of gang war and violence there. Um, the city didn't clean it at all. Like the power would go out. The water would go out. I read at one point the trash chutes got clogged up all the way to the 15th floor oh, at one gross. point. It's like rat and cockroach infested. It was just That's terrible awful. to live in. Um, and so I went down a really depressing rabbit hole of yeah, history. Yeah, at one point the mayor of Chicago moved in for three weeks as kind of like a political stunt. And she left after three weeks. Oh, but my God. Yeah, so it the last of the buildings was torn down in 2011, and it's now kind of a gentrified neighborhood. That's Cabrini Green. Oh, and the, right. the sequel, they're going to be, it's going to be set in the same neighborhood, but in now gentrified yeah. Cabrini yeah. Green. And so those are my not so fun facts about Cabrini Green. Well, but, thank you for your premature fun facts. <laughs> the one thing I will say about that is a lot of residents, when they were tearing it down, said that the one benefit they got out of living in this like squalor basically was they formed a really strong community. Bonds. Oh, I'm sure they did because yeah. they didn't have anything else to protect. Them. Exactly. They had to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I it went to necessity. Right. And so that was something that they missed because you're just living in such tight quarters and you're sharing so much because you just don't have anything. Okay. So she's taking pictures of the graffiti and she sees sweets to the sweet. And that's a line from Hamlet. Yeah. And so she's taking pictures and as she's taking pictures of a door, uh, it opens real fast and a Doberman pops its head out. And that's where we first see Anne-Marie. Yes, we don't meet her yet, no. though. She's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And so now they go into Ruthie Jean's apartment, which is right around the corner. Yeah, it's on the same floor as uh, Anne-Marie, but it's right. around the corner. And it just looks like it's been abandoned for 500 years. It looks like years. it was on fire, and they just left it like that. Yeah. I, I honestly got the impression that it had been tagged up so much. The walls just looked sort of black. Right. And it was just horrible. It smelled awful. Mm -hmm. Like No one had lived there since she died, it seemed like. Yeah, but I bet people had been in there because it's oh, yeah, a vacant yeah. space. You yeah. know? So they go in, and they know know the floor plan. So they go into the bathroom and they're taking the medicine cabinet off just like they did in Helen's house. And they're looking through and she climbs through because she's crazy yeah. and she wants to. Yeah, it looks like creepy hobbit hole. Oh, why right. would you do this? And mm. Bernadette's like, no, I'll stay right. here. You have five minutes. Yeah. So now there are holes in these walls. So she's walking into the other apartment and there's one hole and there's like all this tags all over the place. And she finds a bunch of candy on the floor with razor blades in it. And this was the one 
one thing that kind of stood out, and I was like, that, that stood out to you? Sense. Yeah. I was like, oh, is, oh, it's not making it's sense. Like, yeah, 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 it's yeah, not yeah, involved yeah. in the rest of the movie. I agree. Exactly. There's, There's like nothing way in this. Yeah. no candy in this movie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's the opposite of candy like in some candy, scenes. Why do they call him the Candyman? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there is no mention of why he's called Candyman. Right. And maybe that's why they put this candy in there. Infuriating. Yeah. But it's just dropped in and no one mentions it again. Right. And it could have been like this drug dealer person, the the gangland person. Um, anyways, so then she walks through another hole and this is really cool. This is one of my favorite shots of the movie. She walks through a hole and she turns around and there's a picture of Handyman on the wall and she just walked through his mouth yeah, in the picture. Yeah, it's really It definitely looks cool. like serial killer lair. Well, and is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it is. All right. So we cut back to Bernadette who's seeing the creepiest doll ever and it's depressing too. It looks like it's been on fire. Like yeah. it's horrible. Yeah. It's, and it's not only creepy it's sad too. Yeah. This is just, mm. and so then Helen jumps out and jump scares Bernadette and Todd. Man, that scared the <laughs> shit out of me. I've never been yeah. so mad at a redhead in my life. This movie <laughs> is not scary, but like the, and the jump scares are the cheapest. Then we see Anne Marie behind them and she's saying, what the fuck are you doing in here? Are you cops? Is this part of the suite? Yeah. What are we doing? Right. And so they say, no, 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 we're just from the university. And then she, Anne Marie hears her baby crying. And so she runs back and they just follow her. And they just invite themselves into her place. Right. And in all fairness, Bernadette doesn't really. She just follows Helen in. Right. And, and Helen is very brazen too. Yeah. Just kind of coming into places that, not that she doesn't belong in, but like crossing no, like she social lines. I mean, she wasn't invited right. to Anne Marie's house. She right. does just walk in. And it even mm-hmm. signals like to Bernadette, come on, just go in. Right. And then they do. And then it's, uh, and Anne Marie doesn't get pissed at them, but I think no. she would have a right to get pissed at them if she right. did, you know? Well, and she's saying, cause they say they're doing a study. And so she's like, oh, you're studying people in the projects. You're going to try to yeah, make us I all did look like bad. What, I right. did like what she said. Though. I did we too. Do we all use drugs and stuff right. like that. Yeah. yeah. And like, if you look inside her apartment, it's like clean Spotless. and bright mm-hmm. and yeah. nice and like a warm home, you know? And she's got her baby there. She says, all I want to do is raise my kid. And that's one thing that I do like about this movie is Anne Marie's character. I, yeah. I, I like Anne Marie's character a lot. I do too. I, so she's because her apartment is like right around the corner from Ruthie Jean. Literally. She's talking about how she heard her screaming from yeah. inside the walls and she was calling 911 and she said nobody came. Everybody's scared to go there. And that's part of what I mean when I say they live outside of the community because even if, if even the police are afraid to go into your community, you have no protection. Yeah. And I think that's why they're all so afraid of Candyman because they know nobody is going to protect them from it. And now she's at fancy professor dinner with Benjamin Franklin and her terrible husband. Young Benjamin Franklin. Oh, Young and terrible husband. Yes. <laughs> and Bernadette. And they're all and smoking. Bernadette. Yes, they are all smoking in inside a, a restaurant. Yeah, which is insane. There's yeah. no way you can do that now. And Smarmy Smarm and Benjamin Franklin wants to review their work because he's in the urban legend field also or the sociology field. I mean, he, d- he did write a paper 10 years ago about he did, Candy Man specifically. Man. And his character is like exposition dump city yes. and tells us sort of the myth of Candyman because up till this point you like, sort do you of, even know the story of Candyman? Yeah. yeah then how are you going to bury me? Because <laughs> up till this point you sort of think Candyman could very well just be that drug dealer downstairs or right. maybe not drug dealer but head of that gang, right? Yeah. So they start to like say, oh, we're still doing our research. We were just there today. We've got to compile some research before we write our paper. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, how are you going to bury me if you don't know anything about anything? Right. Because he'd been a condescending dick to her. And she was like, well, we're going to bury you with our research, like yeah. challenging him back. So here's the legend. Candyman. And we don't ever actually say his name. It's all Candyman in the movie. He was the son of a slave and his father had made a lot of money producing shoes after the Civil War. So he'd grown up in like polite society. Yeah, he yeah. invented him 
machine to mass produce shoes. Yes, yeah. yes. So he was able to make a lot of money. And so Candyman grew up like affluently and he became a really good artist. And he said lots of the wealthy landowners would want him to paint pictures of them so that they could like paint. Here's how rich I am painting. Well, you know? and also he's a very good artist. Right. Yeah, exactly. So they yeah, wanted yeah. him to paint stuff. Yeah. Right. So he is hired by a wealthy landowner to paint a portrait of his daughter who is white. They fall in love. She becomes pregnant and the dad is not going to have it because right. this is right after the Civil War and it's all terrible. So he pays a group of people to basically lynch him without actually hanging him yeah but but still like a group of white men murdering a black youth yes right? it's a lynch mob whose yeah. only crime was falling in love with a white woman while in, being black in the 1890s yeah exactly so the mob comes to kill him because he okay. you know tried to fall in love falling in love while black right and so they cut off his right arm with a rusty saw hand hand well, like up to the forearm. And so they cut it off his hand. With Which a, I assume was his painting hand. Like It was. It was his dominant hand. That is his Banksy spray paint hand. Yeah. But either hand, you don't want to get cut off. And did off. they That's put right. a hook on it just to like humiliate him? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. They nail a hook into his stomach. Yes, they do. <laughs> so they smear all the honey on him and the bees sting him to death, which would be terrible. So that's how Candyman dies. So, and they scatter his ashes over Cabrini Breen. Right. They never really talk about how he became a supernatural slasher. No, they don't. But Other I mean, I, that process of the lynching may have done it or whatever. Right. Or that's the mythology behind it or whatever. But they don't explain it. Well, I imagine if you know that story that happened, it's like what happens in haunted asylums. I mean, they may not be haunted, but if you know a billion people died in this place, you're going to start creating these legends in your mind and think every time you hear a strange noise, oh, well, it's probably the ghost of these people. People, you know, if you're Todd, yeah. All right, so she's back at Cabrini Green by herself this time. Yeah, and she's trying to talk to Anne Marie, and then she sees behind her the cutest kid ever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jake is sitting out there, and he's the cutest kid. He's adorable, man. He's got this cool little hat, and she is very inappropriate with him. And she's like, "I'm gonna sit down, and I want you to tell me a secret, and I promise I won't tell anybody." Yeah, and you're not too much of a bitch to not tell me, right? Exactly, and she, it's okay. yeah, it gets weird. Yeah, 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 like you're not too afraid to put yourself in danger by telling me where a rival. Drug Drug Lord's lit den is, right, kid? Yeah, my research is more important than your life. So she gaslights this seven-year-old into giving up some information that he does. is afraid yeah. to give her. Also, just kids, don't talk to strangers. Yeah, strangers ever. don't need help from children. No, honestly, if some stranger sits down next to you, child, kick them in the shin and run away. Right, exactly. You're a kid. You can get away with that. Yeah, shit. and it's on them, honestly. They're right. the adult in the situation. They should know better. Exactly. And hey, adults, don't try to persuade kids to help you. Or get things. kicked in the shin, nerd. Exactly. <laughs> He can't say anything or Candyman will get him. Yeah. and So she gets to this outside bathroom. Well, yeah, because the little boy takes her there and he explains that there was a woman across the way at like a shop or some mm-hmm. sort and the boy needed to go to the bathroom and so she sent him across the way right, to the bathroom. She was annoyed at him and he was intellectually disabled. Which yes. is not the word he uses, but remember well, it was 92, 92 and that was the word that was, you're supposed to use. Yeah. We're not going to use it now. It's the R word. Right. Yeah, hard R. Yeah, it was a hard R. But listen... It's okay. It was 92. That was the medical diagnosis back then. Now it's intellectually disabled. Right. So the intellectually disabled kid goes into the bathroom and then almost immediately they start to hear like someone getting slaughtered or Mm -hmm. whatever. And then they stop the mom from going over. But this big burly dude runs in. And he comes out and his hair's turned white. We don't ever see that part. No, we don't. That's the urban legend part. Yeah. Yeah. So the kid uh, in the bathroom gets gutted in the gut and then is... uh, his he penis gets castrated, gets castrated, oh. and then like he—it's in the toilet floating, and his oh. blood everywhere. And he's screaming, "Mommy!" And it's yeah. just, yeah. oh, it's it made horrible. me—I almost cried when we watched this. That's and a Jake was order. like, 
And he survived, but he might as well be dead because right. who should yeah. be alive after that? that. Mm, yeah, I can't believe he so survived. Sad. Honestly, I mean, not just the John Bobbitt wound, but also he was gutted too. Like yeah. it's more than just yeah. that. Like, yeah, there's a lot of blood on that floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, oh. And anyway, so they're outside talking about this horrific act that's been done to this intellectually disabled boy, and so of course so she's like, like, "I gotta go in there, and take I gotta pictures. check this out." Yeah. So she goes in this outside bathroom, and it it is real gross. So she goes into this urban restroom, which is like a terrible, stereotypical urban restroom, and it's disgusting. It is disgusting, yeah. There's to the sweet written on the wall, not in spray paint this time. Sweets to the sweet. It says the whole thing, yeah. Yeah. And and it's not chocolate that it's written in. That's doo-doo, baby. It's the lumpiest. Like, something was wrong with this person's diet. Yeah. yeah. Well, this was a lot of people, I think. Yeah, all of these people had a very interesting and specific diet and then liked to write in Lots of nuts, lots of corn. Yeah. (sighs) I watched part of this while I was eating. Caught gag in this Mm. part. Yeah, while I was eating some Jimmy John's. And it was grossing (laughs) me out. There was a penis. It was a floating dick. It was gross. When I thought about rewatching this movie, this was the one scene that I did not want to watch again. Man, yeah, it's yep. rough. So she like takes pictures of all the stalls, and we're joking about the nasty poop because Todd's mm-hmm. gag, and we're laughing. And I'm like, this seems funny. And then like all of a sudden, the gang steps in, and mm-hmm. it's a guy with a big black leather trench coat, mm-hmm. right? And he pulls out a hook. Yeah, and yeah. He's like, I heard you're looking for Candyman, bitch. Yeah, yeah. you and found he, him. And yeah, you found him. He turns it, and then he gives her a mean right hook <laughs> <laughs> to the side of the face. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes down. And honestly, because you don't see, I mean, we do know because we watched the whole movie. Right. But like, you see her on the ground, bloody. I thought she was Me dead. Me too. I thought I he hit thought her with the, was Yeah, dead. I thought she was dead. I was like, wait, like, what? Jay, it cuts to Jake outside. You hear like mm-hmm. him, them beating her. And I was like, yeah. did she just die? Yeah. And then it cuts to her in the bathroom. There's just blood around her head. I'm like, oh, right. she's dead. Yeah. Then we see a Candyman lineup. Once I saw the lineup, I knew she wasn't dead because there would be no right. reason to do a lineup without right. her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And they're all saying the line, and she sees the guy. My Mikey incorrectly identified the number. Although I think you just got the numbers. I think I got the numbers. (laughs) It was like at the same time I had just said, you know, lineups are historically very inaccurate. And then Mikey says, it's four. It's number four. It's number four. And then then she goes, it was five. And I'm like, (laughs) suck it, Mikey. And then the detective's like, very good. I was like, Did I get the number wrong? Mikey yeah, just did. sent an innocent man to his death. <laughs> yeah. There's going to be a making of the murderer that you're like the subject of, but you declined to be interviewed for because you sent this great mm. person to jail. Mm-hmm. I just see pictures of you outside of your work, like running away from the camera. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I'm busy. I can't. So um, there, she's talking to the detective, and he reminded me a lot of Morgan Freeman in this movie because I love I him. think he does a great job. I think so, too. And I love him because he's really kind to her right now. Yeah. She's got this giant, like, swollen eye. And she, he's saying, um, we swept the place because she's asking, how did you find him? He's saying they swept the housing project. They started at the top floor, and they just went all the way down, and it's all locked down now. Yeah. And that they've got him for killing Rufy Jean and that kid. She's saying, well, how come you couldn't get him before? They said, because nobody from that community would testify against him. But uh-huh. now they have you. Yeah. And she's like, what about Jake? And Jake's like, get me home, bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Jake was like, where are my parents? Right. <laughs> Why do I not have parents in this movie? And he's mad because she said she wouldn't tell anybody that he was the one who showed her. Although, to be fair, Candyman himself did actually see him outside the bathroom. But now, like, I mean, his life is in danger now because somebody else is going to take that top spot. (laughs) I mean, yeah. And I literally said, does that little boy die? Because I'll be pissed if that little boy dies. He doesn't. But you don't really see him that much. You see him at the the end. The very end. But you don't really see him that much anymore. But honestly, I I was glad they showed him at the end. Because then you get to confirm he's fine. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so she's telling him Candyman's not real. And right. it's like in this conversation about how Santa Claus is not real. And he's like, what? Candyman's not real? This but who whole brings time? me my razor blade candy? Exactly. <laughs> 
And <laughs> why was the razor blade candy? It's never like they Please. never address it. It's so dumb. But if you look at Candyman's motive, she is responsible for taking down this giant crime lord in this community and from kind of deflating this myth that they were all afraid of. And so Which now I thought was cool. Yeah, I me, did too, too. me too. Yeah. I loved it. So now she can say this whole thing you've been believing. It's not real. You're just afraid, which is a little condescending. Yeah, but I mean, she did prove that it wasn't real, quote unquote, cut to 10 minutes later in the movie. Oh, it was real. It's horrible. It's going to kill me. It would be a really interesting paper and it would definitely blow Ben Franklin's paper. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Douchebag Ben Franklin would have got buried. How Mm -hmm. I was researching our urban legend and the uh, urban legend researched me. Oh, and then I solved a murder. Exactly. So we cut to her in her apartment and it's been like a month and her eyes better. I loved this. I thought it was great Mm -hmm. because they do show the passage of time through her face wound which mm-hmm. i realize is a weird thing to say right but i like that she's also like happy at home right she's making well, dinner she's like trevor comes home late again uh-huh. god i hate has it. clearly been cheating on her yes, 20 and, minutes ago yeah <laughs> he was like well not food so this is fine he's like, <laughs> ah, nice. he's like you know what i need to do before dinner is shower definitely got a shower first. oh yeah 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 this is i just fell on some lipstick and so she gets back to the university and bernadette gives her a hug and they're reuniting and she's talking and i really liked that they included this part in the movie too which for 92 is kind of a big deal because she's saying like this guy murdered two people and the only reason they locked down this whole building and took it seriously as a crime is when a white woman got attacked yeah which is something we see in crime and the media right now is yeah. when it's a white person they take it seriously especially a white woman yeah there is the element of and i know you've mentioned this before in a previous podcast but the less dead the, yes the people who are mm-hmm. um, you know not made for tv attractive and mm-hmm. not white or whatever like or maybe like a sex worker get mur- gets murdered it doesn't like cops don't care or right there's that i mean i'm not saying cops don't care but there is that sort of feeling out there right it's not right and i'm not saying that cops truly don't care but like in movies they tip typically no, 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 don't no. care serial killers pick those as victims because yeah. they know they won't be investigated the same way as like a person who's not like a homeless sex worker but she's giving her the photo negatives and she's saying yeah. i got these pictures developed and there's interest from a publisher in our story now so we are definitely going to bury ben franklin we're going to get published yeah. because yeah. my tragedy has made this a more valuable story you now. made the local section yeah they would definitely do a podcast if it was now. Oh, hell yeah, they would. <laughs> right, right. Oh, hell yeah, they would. There's All interest I- from Earwolf. <laughs> All I'm hearing is like the cereal music yeah, and exactly. the cereal lady talking about Candyman. We went in for right. an urban legend, but what we found was murder. Yeah. <laughs> Stay with us over the next 12 episodes <laughs> where we discover who the Candyman really is. So now she's walking by herself in the parking lot and she hears, Helen. That doesn't yeah. sound like Tony Todd. No, it doesn't. She hears someone calling her name who has a very... Helen. It's, it's, Helen. Less, it's like less raspy, but it's more... Like he's just using his deep voice. Yeah. He's, he's talking like I could do he's it. He's got a good He voice. does. He does have an amazing voice. Mm-hmm. I fell in love with him a little bit. Yeah. But if it's you. Tony fucking Todd, man. And his casting, I think, is very, very good. It is. I love Tony Todd so much yeah. because of this movie. And then later he's in Final Destination. He is amazing. I don't really think he's done a lot of movies or I haven't really seen him in well, anything. He was in The Rock, too. Oh, was he? Another he's, movie that I love. He's great. And, he I, is. and honestly, like, uh, I mean, he has a solid name. Yeah, uh, and he's got a solid look. <laughs> the first part of his name's pretty good. Well, the second part's really where it stands out. And <laughs> I, I mean, he's just a great, great person and actor. I think. Oh, yeah, great voice, great mm-hmm. name, second name. And he's I've great. I've heard he's really nice. 
too. Like people that have run into him, oh. I've heard he's like a real personable guy, you know. There's something about him that's so like endearing and he's not bad to look at that you just like you, it's hard not to feel sorry for him and like like him in this movie. Yeah, I mean I get it. Know? Like he has a great great look. A great, mm-hmm. great last name. Like he's, he's, he was <laughs> that destined, last name that really puts was it over the top. Right? To be a star. <laughs> All right. I said he hasn't been in much. I looked him up on IMDb. He's been in two hundred and twenty things. Oh wow! So I think I quit. I think I, I think I have to leave because <laughs> that was a horrible. Understatement. <laughs> that was a hot take. But he is confirmed for Candyman in the sequel. Yes. So, anyways, this is the first time we see him. We've heard his voice. <laughs> this is the pacing problem because we're like an hour into the movie. Right. I'll say this. We've seen him before, but it's like for one second right. at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. is the first time you actually see him, something that's happening in reality, not yes. told through right. a story. Strap in, because this movie goes places very quickly. Yeah. It does. It goes some bonkers places, and that's kind of why I like this movie. So he's calling her name, and we see him standing at the edge of the parking garage, and he's got this coat on that's just amazing. Amazing. Yes, and he's got, he's got his hands behind his back. Yeah. And he's, I don't think he's actually talking. No, like, not. we don't his, see his, his mouth moving. He's not. He's talking to her telepathically until he says, be my victim. Right. Yeah. But he's saying he came for her and she. <laughs> I think Mikey and I have both been waiting for that since yeah. we heard him say that. That's it's, what he says, dude. You can't change it. That's true. But he's saying you doubted me. Um, and we're starting to cut with flashes of her in the apartment taking the pictures and seeing yeah. images of her. And she is like entranced by him. Yes. Like yes. can't walk, can't get away. All mm. she can do is like lean against her car right. and be Phantom of the Opera, like taken by mm-hmm. it's very Phantom of the Opera. Fun fact, he actually was going for making his own Phantom of the Opera type character. Boom! Yeah, oh, nice. it's that tie connection. Yes, I think. Listen, and yeah. guys, if I know anything about musicals, <laughs> it's a lot. I know a lot about musicals. But But he does feel like the Phantom from the Phantom of the Opera. Yeah, I think so, too. And so he's saying that she wasn't content with the stories and she had basically she had to destroy his mythology. So now he was obliged to come and he wants her to be his victim. Yeah, she is his Christine. Right. Yes. Yeah. And he's saying, and I love what he's saying is, I'm the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom, and without these things, I'm nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. So now I have to kill an innocent person to keep the people in this community afraid of me. Yeah, because Look what if, you made me do. Oh, <laughs> you went all Taylor Swift on uh-huh. <laughs> So she wakes up and she's on the floor covered in blood and we hear screaming and oh we don't know God. what's happening yet. Yeah. Yeah, but so she wakes up and she's walking through and first she sees the Doberman. So I think we're starting to realize we're Does in she Marie's apartment. The Doberman? She sees the Doberman's head. Yep, yes, she sees part of the Doberman and she realizes she's got a big meat cleaver in her hand. I hate this yeah so much i didn't hate it it was definitely the probably the best shot scene and though i think it captures what the movie was going for the best because you wake up she you feel her confusion she checks to see if she's almost dead yeah There's blood everywhere mm, yeah she it's finds not a her dog's blood. head she hasn't she picks up the knife from the ground she doesn't wake up with mm, one mm. because she's afraid she wanders out in the hall and she hears Anna Marie yelling and scared. So she tries to go protect Anna Marie. Over a bloody crib. Yeah. Like, there's the, blood all over this crib. I thought the baby was actually dead in the yeah. crib. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just didn't show us that. And then Anna Marie turns around and attacks her. Yeah. And then she ends up cleaving Anna Marie in the arm and self defense. And then the cops come in yeah. and arrest her. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, was, and when the cops come in, she's holding the meat cleaver like, stop hitting me, stop hitting me. But she's holding it up and looks aggressive. And when the cops yeah. come in, they're like, oh my God. She's about to kill this but woman, so they do. So they do many arrest her. Right. Movies do this, like 
I'm confused whether I'm the killer or not, Mm -hmm. like trope. And so there's a reading of this that Candyman isn't real and that she is the one who murders them. That's not the reading that I take. I don't take that reading, but it's a cool, it's a cool. Yeah. And I think you could see it that way. And I think because like you said, they do a really good job of showing that and showing the unfairness of being outside of the law again, you know, like they treat her like shit for the rest of the movie. So yes, the police bust in with her, like catching her red handed, basically. And so she gets arrested and dragged out. I mean, in all fairness, even if she didn't kill the dog, take the baby or anything, she still did attack Anne Marie with the baby. Okay, that splurted blood everywhere. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. So she did assault at very least. She did. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, they just want to get her out. But anyways. Yeah. Um, so now we have the strip search scene. And this is one of the scenes that I remember from <sighs> the first movie, but it was so much harder to watch this time because she just, you can feel how upset she is in that scene. And confused. Yeah. And like, this is none, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are you treating me like this? Because for all she knows, she didn't, you know, and she was attacked. I mean, she looks very guilty. She yeah. does. Exactly. Oh, yeah. If I were the police, there's no way I would I mean, you literally wrap it up, boys. We got it. And if we hadn't seen it from her perspective, we would probably think that too. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But this scene is just so she does such an amazing job in the scene because you can just tell how upset and scared she is. And fun fact about this scene, the director let her choose what actor would be the policeman doing the scene with her. Yeah. Yeah. So that she would be comfortable. And she chose her best friend. So no that, shit. Mm-hmm, that actress awesome. there is her best friend. Yeah. yeah. There yes. is no like sexual nudity in this movie. Not no, at all. there's not. But there's... there is nudity. Like she does get naked in this scene, but it's not usable nudity. Would you say there's really no male gaze in this scene? Um, there's just a little bit at the end. There's a little bit at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think that's notable too, because this, she is nude and she's nude covered with like she's wet and naked, you know? So this could easily in the hands blood, of another blood, director be a very, uh, yes, exactly. But in the hands of another director, this could be a very exploited seen and I think this is an example of the female gaze because you're looking at her as a human being rather yeah. than a sexual object. And we yeah. see that in the bathtub scene later too. This is not a, yeah, it's not a very sexual scene even when she's in the bathtub. Exactly because we're on her side and we're thinking hey, she's a human being. You know. Yeah, exactly. And so she does get a shower though and now she is under her arrest. She's actually not under her arrest as you said. She has not even been charged well, yet. Well, but they say she's under no, her arrest. No, they say they read her her rights. She's I under know, I know, but, but then yeah. she, then at the, like the next scene it's like you haven't even been charged. They want to find the baby so they have evidence against you. Exactly. Because they want to charge you for murder. No, no. right. I don't get that at all. Like, she should have never left jail. I know. I get that. But I understand a lot of people or a lot of police, they do want to find the body because the body will give you physical evidence. Right. right, right. Will tie you to the killer. Like, that makes sense to me. That That chain of events. But but you've already arrested her. They would at least interrogate her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, and so we see the same detective who was her friend earlier and being kind to her just looking at her like she's garbage. I would argue that he's being kind to her. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. He is reading her rights. He literally at some point is saying like, you have the right to remain silent. And it, he said in a tone of like, shut the fuck up and ask for a lawyer. Yeah. Which I think right. is the nicest thing. A police officer whose goal is really just to find out what, to what find actually out where happened. where the baby you probably right. murdered is. Right. right. And yeah. I feel like he's like, you need a lawyer, get a lawyer. Right. And then exactly. he does let her go make a call. And then she foolishly calls her mm-hmm. house 
to get her husband, but she should know by now that her He's husband's not, not going to be home. No, right. and it even shows. I don't know if you remember this, but when the the phone call comes in, it zooms over the bed, so you see the entire yep. bed, and it's empty and it's made, made yeah. mm-hmm. and it zooms in on the phone. And of course, later he's like, "I was fast asleep in bed because yeah. he's a fucking liar." No, you weren't, Trevor. Guy. Yeah, oh, I hate he's him dead. so much. Trevor's the worst. So Trevor finally gets there to pick her up because she's in jail and she's like watching a toilet flush and she's having flashbacks of like Amory crying and she's hearing the baby. Yeah, and then Trevor finally goes and washes the Stacy off of him and then goes and gets her out of jail and takes her home. Right, and that's when they have a lawyer because he's mm-hmm. the one who's guiding them through like the, the reporters. Right, and there's tons of press outside. Yeah, and because a baby is missing. Yeah, I mean, know? I'd imagine there would be a lot of press any city that that happened in. Right, but we're hearing this crying and we're hearing the crying coming from Candyman's lair. So I think it's telling us the baby's not dead. No, and the baby's with Candyman. Exactly. Right? Because yeah, yeah. the Candyman would have had a baby. So she's saying that she blacked out and she doesn't remember any of this. And asking Trevor if he believes her, which... He's like, of course, Winky Blinky. Right. You? Of course you didn't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I fucking oh, hate Trevor. Yeah, man. he's the worst. He's the well, worst. She looks pretty guilty. She, she does. does look guilty. I, I will admit that she does look incredibly guilty, but I hate Trevor because he's cheating on her, not because he thinks his wife might have killed somebody. Right. I, I mean, I would think I get, that... I, no, I get that completely. Yeah. And he was trying to screw over her research, too. Yes. Yeah, I think he just doesn't value her. Like, she's, like, not necessarily a trophy, but he's, oh, she's yeah, he's just, like, Oh, yeah, he's not thoughtful at all when it comes to her. Exactly. Is- so, she's taking a bath, and Trevor says he's got to go to the university. He doesn't want to leave her alone, but he needs to go get something for, like, just 20 minutes. He, he just needs to, to have her real quick. He needs to get some, mm-hmm. not something. He's got to grade some Ds in his office. Ugh, yeah. He's got to give Stacy that D. Yeah. <laughs> so, she is getting out of the bath, and she remembers, oh, my photos, and oh, my projector. Yeah. And so she gets her projector out and Todd was afraid because he's seen it chapter one. Yes. The Candyman was going to come out of the projector. That and was get the him. scariest moment in it chapter one. For yeah. Me. It, yeah. I think so too. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, and so she's looking at all these pictures and she notices a picture of her in the taking a picture in a mirror, the mirror of the medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. And she's noticing something is amiss in this <gasps> picture. Something's in the background. Yeah. And then she hits the enhance button on her projector. Hands. Yeah. Which, which is like turning exist. a knob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it brings the Candyman into focus. Right. Yeah. And she's already seen him in the garage. So she knows mm-hmm. who it is. Yeah. She's like, oh, I recognize that baller ass fur coat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so she's pondering that and she hears a spooky noise. And so she goes into the bathroom and the light is still on and we see the same shot yes. as we saw when they say Candyman five times in the mirror. Oh my God. This is the most scary moment for me. <laughs> I hated this so, so much. She's looking in the mirror and he just punches through with his hook hand and starts yeah, trying to get hook hand opens the cabinet and says, Man, yeah. it got me because I was expecting her to close the mirror and then you see him, him behind, behind her. Him. Right, but in the hallway, yeah. It doesn't do that. It just bashes through the open mm-hmm. medicine cabinet. It's so scary. Oh, right. It was, pretty fun. it was pretty good. I like this moment. Yeah, I do. And so, because then she runs out into the hallway and he's there in the hallway. And then she runs back into her house and she's about to call someone and I don't know if the phone doesn't work or whatever, but he's right behind her in her apartment now, yeah. too. Oh, then he hypnotizes her before she calls. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's that's like, right. He's like, Helen, don't you want to be my victim? Yeah, and he says, I have the child. Let me take him to you or you will die in his place. Yeah. Come to me and I and be immortal. And so now while they're having this heartfelt talk, Bernadette shows up. With flowers. Which With is what flowers. you get your friend. She's so sweet. Bernadette's she the best, is. man. She's Bernadette. a great, great friend. She really is. Yeah. Yeah. She's Worst. not a friend for very long. Yeah. yeah, she's about to be Bernadette, but yeah. still, she's a great, great friend. <laughs> so Helen is hypnotized and trying to warn Bernadette, but she can't speak like, loud. And Come I think on. at some point, Bernadette hears her and tries to go in and help. She does, and the door's unlocked. She yeah. doesn't go No in. one locks an apartment door this whole movie. It's so frustrating. Lock your the, doors, people. It was the 90s. 
So Bernadette comes in and the door slams behind her and she sees Candyman and he kills her. Yes. And then we see Helen laying on the floor and she's kind of like waking up a little bit. And then we see... bleeding because Candyman stabbed her in the back of the neck with his hook. That's right. Maybe not deep, but like it drew blood. Yeah, enough to make her bloody. Yeah. Yeah. So So Trevor comes home. I thought for a minute it was going to be Candyman. But it's not. It's Trevor. And he's like, what the fuck? Did you kill Bernadette? I thought for a minute it was going to reveal that Trevor was Candyman. Ooh. Ooh, that would have been cool. I mean, he is terrible. He Candy- is I like Candyman better than Trevor. In this I movie. do, too. Yeah. I'm honestly glad she ends up with the Candyman and uh-huh. not Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> well, she chooses herself. Okay, but she- and she's got this big butcher knife in her hand now, or like right next to And there's to blood her. everywhere, and Bernadette's dead. Yeah, and like- same scene. Although there's no blood on the knife, so there's no mm. way that knife was the murder weapon. But I'm just saying. Well, he still called 911. Look, this was before forensic files. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so then she wakes up and she's handcuffed on her bed and they're like injecting her with something. And they pull her out and she passes Bernadette and she's on the floor and her face is all blue and she's been cut open. Yeah, she's dead. She's like Mm. cut it. Oh, yeah, she's got, and there's uh, the slides are all over her body. Oh, oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, they were. Mm -hmm. And Trevor's on the couch, like, oh my God, I just went to cheat on her for 20 minutes. I know. Come back and burn it dead is here mm-hmm. and my wife killed her yeah but now i got my out <laughs> yeah i mean he does have his oh out. yeah because you can see it on his smug face because he's even smug in this and he's like i'm glad i'm cheating on her i'm gonna stand I hate trevor so much he's the worst yeah so while she's being driven to the police station yeah. um she's seeing like flashbacks she's hearing his voice over now and he's saying he's a rumor and it's great to live in other people's dreams because you can live forever but you don't actually have to be and so he's creating this legend and he's just trying to convince her that it's better to be with him this is where the phantom of the opera is trying to convince christine to stay with him in his lair right and he will teach her music of the night they wheel her to a psych ward which is where she belongs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> she's in four point restraints because she just murdered like three people. I mean, like it allegedly. I mean, it looks pretty bad. I guess. Well, and so they put her in these restraints, and then they just wheel her into this room and leave her by herself. She's not by herself because Candyman's yeah, there. Yeah, Candyman's there. Yeah. It's fine. Floats above her. Yeah, like and he's in the like, first Mission Impossible. Yeah, yeah. He like comes down like Ethan he's Hunt. Like, like, like it's Candyman. Yeah. Yeah. Can I? And then he. This is when it gets weird because he's like, "Can I just kiss you now?" Yeah. This is a very Phantom of the Opera moment too. Okay. Yeah. Because th- it's it plays a lot on those themes like except in the Phantom of the Opera the Trevor character is actually in love with Christine and yeah Yeah. and is not just trying to like bang all the young dancers that are there he actually is in love with Christine right unlike Mm -hmm. Trevor in this movie but anyway so he's there trying to get trying to I guess convince Helen Helen, uh to come with him to the lair right save the baby and then the other people kind of come in and she's like you're the murderer you're the murderer and then people come in and she's like he's under the bed he's under the bed and there's nobody there she's like he's under the bed yeah. yeah, and they're like, she's crazy. Yeah. That's why you're in a cycle. Honestly, if I walked in on that, it's just a lady going crazy, which we see the video footage of it later. Yeah. You're just insane. I'm sorry right. to say it. So now um, she's waking up restrained again, and she's still in the psych ward, but she's got different clothes on. And so there's an asshole orderly pushing her in a wheelchair yeah. to her psychiatrist's office, Dr. Burke. She says, I want to talk to my husband. Um, have I been committed? And this is when he tells her. Y- your husband's obviously cheating. You're making really bad decisions. Exactly. And you've been here for a month and he we've been say that, but yeah. <laughs> and you've been here for a month and we've been right. giving you Thorazine. And that's when she's like, I want to fucking talk to my lawyer, dude. Right. Um, and he's and- like, well, he, he brings out our commitment papers and like you're court ordered to be here. And then right. it's like, you know, we're tapering down the medication because we're, we're worried about you. I'm on your defense's side because yeah. we think you 
can't stand trial. Yeah, yeah he's we're like, trying to I assess. work for your defense. I work yeah. for your lawyer. She's like, no, this is all real, blah, 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 blah. And I can call him. Yep. Yeah. And conveniently, there's a mirror. Well, then he shows in his her the office. video of, of, the, of his first Oh, night, yeah. And you don't see Candyman floating above him. She's like, that's impossible. And to add insult to injury, he shows her four different screens of the same thing. Yeah. Here's like, where you're crazy. Here's where you're crazy. Here's yeah, where you're yeah. crazy. Here's where you're crazy. Wait, the Oprah of crazy? <laughs> anyway, so she like leans back and says, oh, I can call him. Let me look in this mirror that's conveniently mm. placed here. And she says, Candyman, 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 <gasps> Candyman, Candyman. <gasps> and then he doesn't show up. Yeah. And, she's like, and then oh. you hear. <laughs> Yeah, it's very yeah. phallic and sexual. And, and then you see the blood come the out doctor die. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Candyman right behind him, like gripping his body up. It's yeah. very brutal. How does she get out of the restraints? He cuts her out. Oh, yeah. Candyman yeah. cuts her because out. Because I was thinking this is the best thing that could happen to her because if she's in restraints, uh-huh. there's no way she could have killed him. Right. So she could be like, there is something happening. But he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Right. You did this. You either have to die or come with me. Mm-hmm. And then he backwards flies out the window. That was so cool. I know. That I, I cool. love that. No, How no. did they do that? I don't know. Police? Like, yep. Yeah, A simple machine. Movie magic. <laughs> yeah. So she climbs out on the, the ledge to escape. Mm-hmm. And then she like knocks on the patient next door's window. And the nurse is like, oh, person on the ledge, come on in. And yeah. she slams her head into the ground. Yeah, dude. May have killed her. It's just once. It's just once. She just mm-hmm. jumps on her and her head knocks her out. I don't think she killed her. She's I think not it just knocked her out. And then it got real sad sexual real quick yeah, mm-hmm. she as she strips him down yeah. and there's a patient just leering the whole time well he's he's like restrained down too but if he wasn't it looks like he'd be doing something very inappropriate oh yeah mentally composing his penthouse slowly. oh yeah like i think mikey even I, mikey said, did i saw your penthouse never expected this to happen to me <laughs> all right she changes into the orderly's clothes right and then goes to the elevator with the orderly's keys and escapes the asylum yes and then she's like i gotta get home yeah which is where i would go she has home and she's saying please be home trevor please don't be cheating trevor Please don't be cheating. She doesn't say that, but she says it in her heart. Please don't already be moving in my replacement who you've been cheating on me with for probably a year. Hmm. Unfortunately, that is exactly what happens. You know, as someone who's been through something very similar to this, Mm. (laughs) um, it sucks. Yikes. But I just moved. Well, anyway, Helen gets home. She Mm -hmm. opens the door because it's not locked because it's never locked. Right. Right. And then there's pink. It's even open. It's like wide open. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. She just pushes the door open. It's for the paint fumes. That's not even breaking and entering. It's just entering. It's just entering. And it's her home. (laughs) And there's like, it's half painted Pepto-Bismol pink. Yes. Disgusting early 90s style. so bad. And she's like, what are you doing in my house? Trevor. And then like, what's her face? Stacy looks horrified because of the murder just escaped the psych ward. Well, yeah. And she's still. And she's busted. Yeah. She's busted banging the murderer's husband. I think she's less scared about being busted and more scared about being knifed to death. Yeah, I would be too. sleeping with a murderer's husband and that murderer shows up who do you think's about to get murdered exactly yeah. and so now trevor's there and she's asking him and i love when she says what's wrong are you scared of something because i think she's starting to like feel what it's like like how much power it gives you when people are afraid of you yeah and trevor's like straight out of the shower like yeah. no shoes shower robe towel around his neck just pops out and is like what's going oh my god uh, are you ah. not done painting the kitchen yet while i shower <laughs> right. pink what's dinner Right. I thought we decided on wood paneling. He's the worst. I can't find. I I can't wait until next year while I replace you. Exactly, Stacy. Uh. I mean, yes, yeah, Stacy. If he'll cheat on her, he'll cheat on you. Anyway, 
<laughs> so they're both terrified of her, and she even hands the gr- Stacy the phone and tries to get her to call the police, and she's too afraid. Well, they and then they leave the phone off the hook, and you hear that beep 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 beep, mm-hmm. beep, beep, beep like for the rest of the scene, and then up to the point where it's like, if you'd like to make a call, uh-huh. please hang up and try again. <laughs> yeah. Like, what is that? Why is that even the thing? Like, so, why- so Helen's like. Trevor, why'd you bring this woman into our house? Mm-hmm. And these paint colors are terrible. So she yeah. picks up a, a bucket of paint, throws it against the wall. Oh, I love that. She might ease yeah. out. Yeah. I was like, that's right, girl. This paint is terrible. Yeah. yeah. So once she says, it's over, and he says, uh, yeah, don't kill me. Yeah. <laughs> she, she breaks up with him and he's like, yeah, right. I thought you were going to be in prison for the rest of your life. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but I broke up with you three weeks before this movie started. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just haven't told you yet. But I think she's acknowledging it to herself. And I don't think she's just saying the relationship is over. I think she's kind of saying, like, my, my life, life is, is over. over. Yeah. yeah. I've got yeah, nothing yeah. left. And but, she says that to him. She's like, you were all I had left. Yeah. But Trevor is like, I mean, he's not seeing it through that lens because everything is asshole. about Trevor. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, yes, we are over. Right. I been with Stacy for a year. Now she's standing on a bridge shivering in the cold and it's Randolph Street. Yeah. A street named name. after Mikey. Yeah. <laughs> I just and and she stares into the water and came and is like, don't you want to come to me yet? Yeah. Because uh, you got nothing left. Yeah, yeah. They will all abandon you, which they do. Which is like my you know, strategy. Aww. I get it. Mikey has a very, very specific technique. Don't you want to go out with me? You don't really have anything left. It'll be the greatest three weeks of your life. <laughs> <laughs> don't you hate internet dating? Why don't you stop that for three or four weeks? <laughs> so it's nighttime at Cabrini Green. Yep. So she's going to meet Candyman now to try yeah. to save the baby. Also, well, where the fuck else I'm is gonna she I'm going to tell gonna you, she does not seem motivated by the baby. I think she is. She turns down Candyman multiple times. That's why these other people got killed. She could have just been like, well, I've got to do this for the baby. But she doesn't have another opportunity. After Bernard that's killed. She's in an institution. Yeah, and I think then she goes the, home. I think her first desire was to go to Trevor. Yeah, and then it was to save the baby. Right, and she does all of that immediately, pretty much in that order. So she's walking in. She's going through the medicine cabinet again, and then we see another. She like climbs up a stack of boxes after getting a hook that's conveniently just hanging on a chain. I guess it's Candyman's like Sunday hook or something. And so she climbs up into like an attic layer or something, and we see daylight there and. He is laying asleep on a giant slab of stone. Is he a little asleep? weird? I don't think so. Or it's- is he pretending to be asleep because he wants to catch her doing whatever she does, which is pick up a hook and stab him with the hook. Which what? is what she tries to do, and his eyes open right before. And no, he- yeah. she she does hit him with the hook. I mean, yeah. yeah, she he does. He wakes up, mm-hmm. and he takes it out of his shoulder, and he's like... Oh, Helen. Yeah, I've been dead since 1890s. Um, right. You can't deader me. Right. Yeah. But before she, I forgot to say, before she sees him on this lab, she's seen all of these illustrations of him as a it's real the person. stuff that he's done on the wall. Exactly. Yeah. And like a scene of his death also. Yes. Yeah. His lynching, more or less. Right. Yeah. 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 And so then she's like, she is coming. They had a, a deal. And so she's fulfilling her part of the deal and they start spin dancing. She's saying they have a bargain, but she's afraid. And he asks, what are you afraid of? Of the pain or what comes after and the pain will be exquisite which is a very Clive Barker thing but after there's nothing to fear and you'll live forever as this immortal legend and she does yeah he lays her down on another like stone table or something and Lay starts to get down. starts to get real hook handsy oh, oh yeah he slides yeah. that hook up her dress yeah and I and don't like that real weird and so for one of the things you can say about this movie is there is an interracial relationship in it which was not a very common thing to happen at the time but there's a very like predator black boogeyman kind of element to this like he is very 
Like he he's asking her to be his victim, not like be my partner, you know? I don't think they ever say the name of the woman he actually fell in love with when he was alive. Right. But I feel like he's looking to have that sort of relationship with Helen. Well, I think I don't so think too. he means I, so I want to victimize you unless you mean by hook bang her in this scene. Right. Because he doesn't he's very gentle with her. He's very like kind to her. I mean, I know he kills everyone around her, but I mean like w- the way he t- treats her is actually very he takes care of her. That's why it's very Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. He's this horrible horrible person but really is in love with I almost called her Christine again with mm-hmm. Helen. And I think you're right. I think he does really care about her and has fallen in love with her and wants to like reclaim this family that he lost. Yes. But what I'm saying is the way he approaches her and the way he talks to her is very manipulative and threatening and he's like basically threatening to murder someone if she won't come mm-hmm. with him. Yeah, it's very so, the and, opera. Right. And but that's <laughs> the, the complicated nature of this because yes. there are elements that I could see as like empowering and sweet and then elements that are real problematic if you look at it now. And um, Robin Armin's Coleman wrote Horror Noir which is a book about black representation in the horror genre. Right. And she's compared the imagery here to The Birth of a Nation, which Ooh, I haven't wow. seen The Birth okay. of a Nation, but I mean, I trust her I've judgment. I've heard on about it, but it's yeah, it's bad. not yes. great. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's an element, a, a exploitative and problematic element of this too. And yeah. that's what I'm saying. This movie, man, there's just so many layers and levels to it and not all of them are good. Good. Yeah. yeah. Here's where the bees come. So he opens his coat and he yeah, begasms his- all over. <laughs> <laughs> he opens his coat like a predator on a playground. Yes. And yeah. bees just go all over him. Oh, and he opens his mouth and bees start coming out of his mouth. Yep. Oh. So he opens his mouth and there's bees crawling out of it and then he bee kisses her. Oh, yeah. On, right on the mouth. And it's, mm, it's gross. She's like, oh, behave. <laughs> well, and I kept saying he's asking her to be immortal. Yeah. And he yeah. is. <laughs> Yeah. I don't understand the bees. I, it's whatever. It's, it's because he died from getting bees. I understand that part yeah. of it. I just don't understand why they need to be here in their beegasm. <laughs> why do they but, need to be here? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. But how listen, many times do we say the word bee? Can we, how many bee puns can we work into this movie? I don't know. They, it lot. really just stung me the wrong way. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be the queen and order us to buzz on. <laughs> okay. Ugh. And so they pick up the baby and he says it's time for a new miracle. And then she wakes up and she's still got the hook, but he's gone. And this is when she sees like the big kind of shrine thing on the wall. And it says it was always you, Helen. And she looks just like the woman that he fell in love with that impregnated her. I think it's the eyes because she does have very big, like distinguishing Green. eyes. Sure. Yeah. 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 Sure, sure, sure. And it doesn't look exactly like her, which I actually kind of like because it's not like a reincarnation. I don't think they're saying mm. she was reincarnated as her. I think it's just like... Yeah, I didn't get that vibe either. So now she's hearing the baby crying and she's crawling onto the bonfire and we hear Jake wake up and he decides it's time to go light the bonfire. Yeah, because apparently that's a seven-year-old's decision. <laughs> <laughs> Look, when Candyman was arrested, it created a vacuum in this community. And yeah. who's going to step into that vacuum but Jake? It logically makes sense. He, it's oh, like yeah. the Dalai Lama. So like when the Dalai Lama, <laughs> de- when the leader of the gang gets arrested, they need to find a new leader of the gang. Yeah. And have yeah, you seen how sense. cute that kid is? He's adorable. Like man. he commands with his presence. So, she's, <laughs> so it's like a big pile of 
old furniture and wood and stuff. So she's yeah. climbing yeah. on it. The baby's with crying the hook. inside. Yeah, she's got the hook. She's using the hook to climb. And then she drops the it. hook and it falls all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. And then she climbs down to the bottom. Yeah, she climbs mm-hmm. into it. Yeah. It's like hollow. And that's where the baby is. And that's where the baby yes, is. Yes, yeah. And so she picks up the baby. But surprise, Candyman's right behind her. And as they're throwing gasoline on the fire, Jake says, takes a Todd quote and says, burn him! Yep. And lights the bonfire. And so she's screaming. So she's trying to scream, but he's holding her. Exactly. And Candyman won't let her go. He only lets her go when the rest of the like community comes out and starts yelling, burn it, burn it, burn it. Right. And then he lets her go because he knows no matter how loud she screams, they're not going to hear her because they're all screaming about the right. bonfire. Exactly. Right. And she's yelling that he lied to her. He said that if she sacrificed herself, he would let the baby go. But I think he wanted her and the baby to, like what we said earlier, to recreate this family that yeah, they absolutely. lost. She finally stabs him with a flaming pile of wood, a flaming stake or something, yeah. and gets away. And so she's crawling out. The bonfire is starting to fall on top of them, and a giant burning log falls on her back, and she starts to burn. Yeah, she's on fire. Yeah. yeah. She's crawling out. She definitely looks like Anakin Skywalker coming out of that bonfire. Oh, yeah. Listen, the, that little seven-year-old definitely had the high ground. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So she crawls out with the baby, gives the baby to mm-hmm. Anne-Marie, and yeah. then she they put her out. So they like do. the community yeah, puts, the community her, puts out. her out. And then they're like, we got to get out of here. Yeah, like right. she's dead Yeah, yes. we got to go. She looks not good. So the next thing we see is her with her like hair burned off in a coffin. Yeah, yeah. dead. Mm-hmm. And the passive-aggressive funeral that Stacy was allowed to attend. The I only can't. people at this funeral are her ex-husband with his new girlfriend and Benjamin Franklin. I yeah. understand why your ex-husband would be there. I can understand yeah. him feeling very, very guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, whatever. He's a horrible dude. Fuck him. Right. And Benjamin Franklin, a work colleague, that makes sort of makes sense. But yeah. why bring the woman you were cheating on the dead woman with to the funeral? Uh-huh. And if you were that woman, would you even want to go? Like, why? What, yeah, yeah. Why would you go? Also, she still, they still think she murdered like five people. Right. Yeah. Anyway, they lower the casket down mm-hmm. and it goes all the way down to the, the bottom. You guys have seen funerals before. Sorry yeah. about that. And <laughs> then you see the whole Camini Green. Cabrini Green. Cabrini yeah. Green community walk over mm-hmm. and then they throw the hook they found, which is Candyman's hook. It is. It's not the one that she had been right. using. Yeah, it's it's his actual hook. It's yeah. the one that you saw because you can the see the nails sticking out yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're and in they this long procession honoring yes. her at her funeral. Yeah. Because they actually believe this legend and they know for whatever you believe that Candyman is real. And she saved them from this. Back to the Pepto-Bismol apartment. Yep. Trevor is in the bathroom. He is sitting on the toilet feeling guilty for the first time. He's sitting on the toilet, pants up. Yeah. So he's just like in there to get away from Stacy. Yes. He's just like, oh my God, when does next semester start? Mm -hmm. This is the worst. I thought you were going home for Christmas. (laughs) No, I don't want to meet your parents. And I want to say he's kind of regretting his life choices. I don't think he's going that far. I think he's regretting some stuff. A little bit. He's crying in the bathroom. I mean, I don't feel any guilt or sympathy for him. No. And none should be given. It's like, I don't know, a month after, you know, you cheated on your significant other and like you feel horrible because, you know, you blew up the life that actually was pretty good because you were just generally unhappy. So Uh you destroyed what you thought was causing you to be unhappy, Mm -hmm. but you're still unhappy. So you're realizing slowly that it's really just you that is unhappy and that you actually just burnt down something that actually brought you a great bit of joy and happiness because you thought they were the problem. But now Mm -hmm. you're realizing that you're the problem and you are just repeating the cycle with someone new. 
Yep. I'm not projecting anything. Yeah. No, not I'm at all. That no, that's exactly welcome to my world. Yeah. 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 yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, but I think you're exactly right. And yeah. before we talk about what happens to him, let's talk about Stacy for a minute. So this scene would work really well if, if she had a bra. If, if Stacy had, had a bra. bra. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of that might be to code her as like a loose woman, you know, and to sure. make her us dislike her. Because it was loose. It was cutting back between the kitchen where he's like, go make dinner, Stacy, And she's angrily making dinner. Yeah. And him crying in the bathroom. But there's no bra on. The shirt is see-through. All you can see is her boobs. It's and like, very distracting. You don't notice anything else like her angrily cutting the meat. Well, I noticed her. that. I, I noticed know, her yeah. angrily cutting well, the meat. All I noticed was nipples. And that's part <laughs> of my point is like we don't need her to not be wearing a bra right. for us to there not no like point. her. But anyways, she can't understand why he's upset because he just buried his wife that day. And why won't he just come be happy and help her make dinner? So she's like, first of all, opening a fridge that has nothing but beer in it and these steaks that she grabs out. And then she's like aggressively throwing them on the counter and just being... Being a 20 year an old. immature an kid. angsty 20 year old and yeah. hey listeners if you're 20 i'm sure you're wonderful this girl is not i think she just doesn't have enough perspective to be able she to see doesn't but this is trevor's fault because he shouldn't have moved her in totally. after your i wife. honestly think she's a victim in this situation yeah, exactly. even though she's not necessarily coded that way she is just yeah. trevor's next victim i feel bad for her so he's looking real sad and just trying to get stacy to leave him alone yeah. and he's like moaning her name and he stands up and looks in the mirror and he's saying helen helen and he ends up saying it Five, five times, times yeah. and then turns the light off and then she's behind him wearing all white with like her funeral attire i always go into a girl's bathroom and say her name five times just to help me memorize it do you yeah. do you turn the light off again no i keep it on well but if it's a girl that you're with right now shouldn't it be your last girlfriend that you say her name five times no he's just going in there to make sure he doesn't say his last girlfriend's name ah, in front of the new girlfriend there we go. helen helen yeah. helen helen, helen. Oh, hello, Helen. How was your day? (laughs) And then the nurse pops up behind you and guts you. Yeah. And that's what happens here because Helen does pop up behind him Mm -hmm. and gut him. Yeah, with Candyman's hook that she's holding. Yeah, and Stacy hears all this and she runs to the bathroom, opens the door and sees Trevor gutted in the tub. And before she kills him, she says, what's the matter? Are you afraid of something? Yeah. Love it. And then we see, we start to see the credits roll, but as we do, we see the stone pillar that he, Candyman, was laying on. But now behind it, there's a painting of her and her hair's on fire and she's kind of like ascending and there's yeah. a big crack in the middle of it. It's the apotheosis of Helen. It is, yeah. yeah. And that's the movie. And, and that's credits. the movie. Yeah. yeah. So what do you guys think about it? I love it. Yeah. I like it better after we talked about it. Yeah. I it is I convinced you. I don't know about that. I, it is, I don't know, man. It's hard to talk about just because of some of the racial components is. of it. So like yeah. I I'm sure we didn't do it justice and I apologize. And we want to hear your perspective if you disagree with us or if we got something wrong, please let us know. <laughs> I didn't hate it. There were some jump scares that I hated. I honestly didn't think they were going to kill Trevor. I thought he was going to get away with what he was doing mm-hmm. and that was going to piss me off. So I was very glad he died. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I, I yeah. didn't hate it. Didn't love it. I think everyone I should watch it. I see why Jen loves it. I think this is like Jen's house too. Oh yeah. Like I can, I can appreciate it. <laughs> this and Jen's Event Horizon house. are like yeah. my is, wheelhouse. Is Event Horizon Clyde Barker too? Yeah. It feels um, like Clyde it, yeah. Barker inspired. I'm not okay. exactly okay. sure. So I, through Jen's lens, I can I can see why she loves it. Yes. But uh, I don't love it. I probably won't watch it again. But uh, I will, I'm will. i looking forward to the remake or like the new one. Sure. Yeah. Me too. And I've got some fun facts about that. Mm-hmm. I love it. I It was not nearly as scary for me this time. I did not think it was as scary at all. But I saw so much more 
in it. And I think there's a lot to dissect in this movie. And that's the kind of movie I love that I could, I could probably write like three or four blogs about this. We were kind of talking about this a little bit, but what I see in Helen, and I think this was one of the first times I'd actually seen a female character like this. Um, like I see what happens when the patriarchy turns against you and you're no longer helpful to that structure and they cast you out. And I think that if you look at it as, like I said it earlier, a white woman's cautionary tale, this is showing them, hey, don't treat other people like this because if you're building up this system, you might be a victim of it too. Yeah, you're and, supporting a system that will turn on you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so I think one of the, there's a lot of problematic elements in this, but I think one of the things that could be good about it is that it would allow white people to kind of empathize with someone who's getting treated unfairly in the criminal justice system or has been cast out of society. Sure. Yeah. I think it humanizes a lot of people that a lot of horror audiences may not have seen before. You mean like and, an Anne-Marie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if you, I've watched, um, you should watch Horror Noir. There's a documentary on Shudder and you should read that book because they're both just amazing. But Jordan Peele has talked about how this was like an African-American character who had power and who was the, like, it was a very empowering thing for them to watch mm -hmm. him. You know, I don't want to speak for that community, but this is what I've heard him talk about. And so I yeah. really like that aspect of it. So let's talk box office. All right. So what do you think the budget was for this movie? $10 million. Okay. Uh, eight. Yeah, it was eight to nine. So did, did you know? No. I don't uh, have an exact number, so. but it's eight to nine. It made $25 million domestically, which is I nice. think really good for early 90s, like 92. Yeah. That's much, much more now. Yeah. And it's, it was rated R. And yeah. rated R horror does not typically do as good mm -hmm. as, you know, PG-13 or whatever. When it came out, it was fourth in the box office. It got beat by Under Siege, Last of the Mohicans, <gasps> The Mighty Ducks. <gasps> Flying V! Right. Uh, and it beat Mr. Baseball and huh. Sneakers, which are two movies that I love. And hmm. uh, 1492, The Conquest of Paradise, oh. which shows you how terrible Columbus actually was. Exactly. It doesn't get into all the stuff Columbus did, but it mm. does show you that he wasn't a great dude. Oh, yeah. It did pretty good. I mean, obviously enough to get two sequels, you said? Yeah, two and sequels. And they're remaking it now. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is a beloved movie in the horror community. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's box office. Jen, do you have any fun facts Oh, for us? I've got some of my favorite ever fun facts. Noise. This was adapted from the novella The Forbidden by Clive Barker, and that's in the book In the Flesh, and we talked about that at the beginning. Um, but it was actually set in Liverpool, which was his hometown, and it was inspired by the Guy Fawkes story. Yeah. Um, and that's where the kind of the bonfire thing comes in. And so when they decided to set it in America, they made a lot of the changes. The character of Bernadette was actually, Virginia Madsen was originally going to play Bernadette instead really? of the okay. actress who plays her. And I think it helps that they cast an African-American actress in that role uh, because so the person who was going to play the lead ended up getting pregnant. And that's when Virginia Madsen took over the role. But if Virginia Madsen couldn't do it, it was maybe going to be Sandra Bullock. That was someone they were talking about. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and this was before Speed, so she would have been kind of an unknown actress. Yeah, but she's great. Virginia Madsen was great in this movie. Agreed. I think she did great. So part of the inspiration for the rewrites of this movie um, was the murder of Ruthie Mae McCoy. So, Ooh, so it, Ruthie... Yep, Ruthie Just like Jean. the Ruthie in the, yeah. Exactly. exactly. She did not live in Cabrini Green, but she lived in the Chicago Abbott Homes, which was another housing development in Chicago. And she was murdered by someone who came in through the walls of her bathroom. What? So, yeah. Creepy. 
Yeah, very God. much like inspired this movie. Yeah. But so this apparently divided the African-American community and about half of them thought that it was like racist and the other half were glad to have so much representation in the movie. And Virginia Madsen apparently heard two people arguing about it in front of her, two African-American women. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They when they were writing it, they actually had meetings with um, some people from the NAACP to make sure they were treating it respectfully. Mm. Yeah. Really? They actually filmed this at Cabrini Green. Did oh, they? Really? They did. Wow, yeah, yeah. Okay. They apparently had to negotiate with um, some of the gang leaders sure. to let them be extras in the movie. Wow. So some of those people that you see, like some of the people in the bathroom, I bet those were probably real gang members in Cabrini Green. Wow. Um, because they made these deals for the safety of their crew. And uh, the actress who plays Bernadette talked about how they were they would hear on the news how like dangerous and scary it was there. Um, and I'm not saying it's not, but she said when they got there, they saw all these like families and children yeah. and just people that wanted that were trying to make their lives better. Yeah. More of the Anne Marie character. Exactly. Yeah. 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 A lot more of the Anne Marie character than the characters who are like heckling them at the beginning. Yeah. And I think it's great that this movie shows us both of those. Things. But the Anne Marie character doesn't make the news. So the exactly. public perception of these places is very much like the kids with the boombox down, you know, harassing people stuff. Right. Tony Todd. And we've already talked about how much we love him in this movie. They originally were going to cast Eddie Murphy in this role. What? Yes. Wow. Apparently he was too expensive. I bet. Good. And I am so glad. But Not only because I love Tony Todd, but yeah. just the wrong wrong Absolutely wrong. Eddie Murphy's like 5'8". He could not be the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> right. Anyway, and Tony Todd's amazing. He has a much better voice than Eddie Murphy. Yes. Eddie Murphy's great. Like, I love Eddie Murphy. He's hilarious. And in the early 90s, he was like the biggest of biggest movie stars at this mm -hmm. point. But yeah, I'm glad it, I'm glad he didn't get it. I am too. So they used real bees in this movie. What? All of the bees you see are real, except <laughs> when they're like flying over. Although you said those were real bees too, they right? They look like them, yeah. Yeah, so they're all real bees. Um, and Virginia Madsen's actually allergic to bees. <gasps> what? Yeah. Oh no. So the bees that were on her were specifically bred for this movie, and they had to be 12 hours old. Because they would be old enough to look like full-grown bees. But not have stingers? Exactly. Yeah. Their stingers were too soft to really do any damage. But so Tony Todd, the bees they used on him were just regular real bees. I bet he got stung so much. Fun fact about that. But first, he had to wear like a mouth guard when they're actually in his mouth. I was wondering about that because yeah. he has like a shitload of bees in his mouth. Yeah, but he had like a guard so they didn't go down his throat. Yeah. Holy shit. Doesn't it just make you love Tony Todd more? He's amazing. Yeah. So Tony Todd negotiated in his contract $1,000 for every time he got stung. Oh, I bet he made a lot of money off that. He got stung 23 times. Oh, ah, that's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I know. Doesn't so he just made an extra $23,000. He did. I love yeah. Tony Todd. I do too, man. We got to watch Final Destination. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Good for him. I know. All right. We've talked a little bit about the sequel. Um, Jordan Peele is producing it, but Nia DaCosta is actually directing it. Okay. So kudos to him for choosing a woman director. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be, it's going to be a spiritual sequel. So not technically a remake, not technically a direct sequel. Just but it's, playing on the themes. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, yeah. yeah. So basically don't go in expecting the same movie right. with like updated. Now I have heard a rumor that it's going to be Candyman colon the squeakle. Oh, is it? Is that true? The buzz Breaking news. Is good on it. <laughs> nice. I love it. The buzz for the movie is good. Yeah. That's awesome. Well done. So the plot, it's going to be set on Cabrini Green, but in the gentrified neighborhood. Right. Of, and that's going to be um, a Probably big theme. the theme, yeah. yeah. That would be a, like one side, like Nashville. Like yeah. One, one side of the nope. neighborhood is yeah. mm -hmm. upper class 
Especially East Nashville. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the other half can't afford their property taxes right. anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tony Todd is actually in this movie, but I don't know if he is playing Candyman. It might be because for a while they had cast two different Candymans and they were not Tony Todd, but we know that he's in it. On IMDb, uh-huh. he is listed as someone and Candyman. Someone and Candyman. Yeah. So he has a real name. Uh-huh. And then he has candy. Are you going to say what the real name is? I am not. I'm not going to say it because I forgot it. Well, so he is playing Candyman. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And it's going to be released as of now, June 12th, 2020. Yep. And those are my fun facts. Nice. Thank nice. you for your fun facts, Jen. my favorite fun facts segments nice. ever. Nice. And not well, just because I love Tony Todd so much. So, <laughs> Jen, let's do the scary scale, bro. Hey, bro. <laughs> hey, yeah, bro. listeners. Our scary scale is a ranking of how scared we were when we watched this movie. It's not the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were today when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, what you got? I'm going to give it a three. It wasn't super scary, but there were some jump scares that made me jump. Ultimately, it's not super scary, though. Like, I think if you're sort of a horror virgin or you have a horror virgin in your life, you can be fine to watch this. Mm -hmm. All right, Mikey, what you got? I'm going to give it a one. I was not scared at all. All right. Fifth grade Jen gave this a 10 and said this was my scariest movie ever for a long time. I think today I'm going to give it a four. Okay. Mostly because of that bathroom scene that I had to take a break from after we watched Mm. it because it's very upsetting. And just there's a lot of the themes that tend to be more effective for me. And that's our scary scale. So this week, you guys made me watch Candyman. What are you making me watch next week? So we had this very special episode tonight for special Halloween time. Yes, you're welcome. (laughs) Our regularly scheduled Monday episode is going to be an oft-requested movie for us. We're going to be watching The Shining. Awesome. So I've actually seen The Shining. Uh You've seen it, I'd imagine. It's Uh like an iconic movie. Like I watched it back in high school. I've seen it maybe once or twice since then. It's not Mm -hmm. a movie I seek out because it is scary. Yeah. But I've seen it a few times. Mm-hmm. Well, and we're going to spoil the book because we have to talk about the difference. Yeah. So if yeah. you don't ever want to read the book like me, don't worry about it. If you do want to read the book, get to finish it. Mikey, finish a book for once. <laughs> it's so uh, good. And obviously watch the movie before next Monday. Yeah. You have the weekend to watch it. Yeah. So we're going to read a five-star review that we actually got on Facebook oh, from cool. a new listener. Is there a, an accent? There is not an accent. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Yeah. Read it like Candyman. No. <laughs> no, just read it like I, my throat needs a break. Yeah. So Lisa says, okay, I have been listening to these guys for two days straight while oh, wow. sitting in LA traffic. That's and she's lot. been in traffic for two days, guys. Send wow. food, send water. She needs help. <laughs> these guys are hilarious and informative. Oh, oh thank thanks. You. Of course, a couple of times I yell at the radio saying, wrong. <laughs> hey, don't come here for facts, guys. We, we they're fun best. facts. Yeah, they're not factual facts. <laughs> right. But then they correct themselves. Love it. Damn right. You're welcome. I love yeah. the fun facts they give and <laughs> oh, how they oh, say yeah. Thanks. What I say about movies. Great oh, podcast. <laughs> we agree. Nice. By the way, 28 Days Later is not a zombie movie. <laughs> Disagree. Hot take. Uh, yeah, that's a hot take there, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but your opinion is valid and welcome. Thanks, Jen, for saying that before getting into the review of the movie. Woo, woo. I don't remember what I said, I but I believe you. <laughs> but thanks, Lisa. We appreciate your review. <laughs> I think your take was that it was not necessarily considered a... Technically, yeah, because it's an infected zombie movie. Right, it's an infected movie, not a zombie movie. I can't remember. Guys, listen back to that episode. Exactly. (laughs) It's It's a fun one. It's been months for us. (laughs) Right. Uh, And we've done a lot of these since then. But thank you so much for your nice, lovely review. And if you guys would like us to read your review, leave us a five-star review on your podcast app. Or I guess on Facebook or, you know, wherever. Great. Hmm. I wonder what kind of crazy accent you'll suggest next. So we remember the Modern Horrors Podcast (laughs) Network. So if you guys want to listen to us in their feed, you're going to get it every Wednesday. But if you want to get it two days earlier in (gasps) our feed, 
listen to our feed and you'll get it two whole days earlier. But if you're listening to their feed, you are also getting the Modern Horrors podcast, Death, Dying, and Other Things, and the Final Girls podcast. Oh, you usually say the lovely Final Girls. Well, they are lovely. And if you would like to reach out to us on social, we are at Horror Virgin or us individually. Mikey is at M Randolph 24. Jen is at Jen Ferratu and I am at Todd J. Awesome. The show account is obviously at Horror Virgin and you can find us at HorrorVirgin.com where you get Jen's blog. Mikey is currently ghosting the blog meaning he has (laughs) promised to write stuff but hasn't. (laughs) But you can also get links to our merch store and awesome stuff like that. Uh, If you want to check out our Patreon to help support the show financially, that'd be great. We're currently saving it to buy better gear to give you guys better sound. But if you can't support us financially, Please continue doing what you're doing, and that is just telling your friends, family, and coworkers, or just shouting at people in traffic about how great the podcast is. We really <laughs> appreciate it. We have been growing a lot recently. It has been very evident that you guys are definitely telling people about the, the show, and we really, really we appreciate, appreciate that. It. We it's really it's crazy to think that people like us. Yeah. All right, guys. That's right. going to do it for us. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. I yeah. hope you're staying safe out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And take a jacket. Am oh, I you're such a mom. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Coat. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. We should dress up as each other for Halloween. So oh, my God. Hey. I call Jen. <laughs> Woo! I'm Mikey. <laughs> I guess I'm Todd. Oh. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I'm the horror virgin. Have a great Halloween. Uh, well, yeah. Sure. And weekend. Yeah, and weekend. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> Halloween nerds. <laughs> Watch